Coming up next on the Jeff Curley Show, he's been a cowboy, he's been a cop, he's been a legal counsel, and then God called an audible. His incredible journey just ahead. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Crowley, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is the Jeff Crilly Show. What is that old expression that uh, man makes a plan and God laughs? <laughs> so I had a plan to be a TV reporter for the rest of my life and I got at another plan for me and, and thank God I listened. Somebody who knows something about that, Fred Heyman, he's the founding partner of Heyman Hogue. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Jeff. Appreciate yeah. it. Well, I think you've, you've led something of a Forrest Gump life and I hope you take, <laughs> you take that as a compliment because you've done a little bit of everything. Yes. So, so uh, why don't we, we'll start with the, the cowboy days. So you were a rodeo? Well, I, when I was uh, when I was a kid, I started riding horses when okay. I was probably about eight years old. Uh, at seventeen, I got introduced to to rodeo. I was working a big uh, professional rodeo in El Paso, Texas, and uh, we were helping run run calves and cattle. And uh, one of the cowboys came up and said, "We have an extra bareback bronc. Does anybody want to ride it?" And I was uh, stupid enough to volunteer. So that was the very first time I rode. Um, rode him for the first full, full eight seconds, no got, got thrown as, as the buzzer went off, and got kicked in the back on my way down. Oh, uh, no. Cracked my shoulder blade and separated my right shoulder and couldn't wait to get back on. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. Okay, so uh, get, take us to the cop days. And when did you become a cop? Okay, so uh, I, I, I went through college. I finished uh, college at Southwest, what was then Southwest Texas State University. Mm -hmm. uh, got on with the El Paso Police Department, was uh, there for a little over five years. Um, I, I thought my life was going to be a career in law enforcement. I really wanted to do that. Uh, that's what I got my degree in, criminal justice. Mm -hmm. uh, and so three and a half years into my police career, after being a street officer, I finished my master's degree because I was going to school at night working on my master's. And when I finished my master's, they pulled me off the street and put me in the chief's office. And I thought that was a career chance of a lifetime. But after a year of uh, being in that political arena, I realized that uh, I wasn't a cop anymore. I was an administrator. And right. I didn't really enjoy that aspect of it, so that's what made me decide to apply and go back to law. Go go back to law school. All right, talk about your legal career. Um, what um, and there was a life change there. So um, you were uh, did you did you work on the prosecution or the defense? Okay, so the first ten years of my career, I was a, a, a civil litigator. Okay, uh, and I did a little bit of both sides, but mainly. Um, uh, the first three years, I was actually a cop's attorney. I worked for a, an organization called the Combined Law Enforcement Associations of Texas, and they provide legal counsel for officers and detention officers and all that get in 
trouble on the job or they get sued for doing their job. Sure. Uh, and so I did that for about three years. Then I did plaintiff's employment work for about uh, two years. Uh, and then for almost six years, I did uh, insurance defense work. Wow. You really have had a very colorful career. It was it was a, a lot. It was a, it was very eye opening. Um, I thought I knew what it was like to be a police uh, to uh, be an attorney while I was a police officer. Thought I knew what I was getting into, and it's it was, had no clue uh, because after ten years of working sixty to eighty hours a week and traveling a lot, it it took its toll on me. Wow. Okay. So God had a different plan for you. Tell us what happened. Well, ten. Five years into my 10-year litigation uh, career, I got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And for those of th that are not familiar with that, that is an autoimmune disease of your large intestine. It, your body is basically fighting itself. And it's a lot of cramping, horrible pain. Um, at that point, they didn't have a whole lot of medication for it. You hear about it on TV all the time. They call it UC. Uh, UC and Crohn's or, or, mm -hmm. or Hannah. But back then they didn't. So for five years, they tried every drug on the market and I got worse and worse and worse. And I'm sure uh, a lot of it is because of the uh, high stress hours I was working um, because every time I got into a big case, it would get worse. And, and five years in, at the end of 2006, the doctors came to me and said, we either remove your colon or you're gonna have colon cancer. And I was 42 at the time. And I'm not ashamed to say at that point in my life, I was a very arrogant, a matter of fact, trial lawyer. Um, my only question to them was, how long am I going to be off work? And they said a minimum of three months. And of course, I was telling myself, yeah, I'll be back in six weeks. And like you said at the beginning, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, because God had a whole different plan for me. The doctors messed up my operation. My intestines ruptured and I was in critical condition for 10 days. I was so sick with infection and sepsis, I medically should not have lived. Um, I was in the hospital 37 days the first time. I ended up being out of work for over eight months. I had six surgeries. The last two, they shipped me to Cleveland, to the Cleveland Clinic to put me back together. And although it was the worst eight months of my life, and I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, God knew that he had to kick me off my feet a tap on the shoulder wasn't going to get my attention. And it made me realize I'd gone to law school for all the wrong reasons. I had gone to law school to make money. And for 10 years I did. And eight months later, I was broke again. It was, I, I learned very quickly that everything of this world can be taken from us in a split second. Uh, I, from financially comfortable to people at my church giving us money so we didn't lose our house. I went from being athletic uh, not only did I ride bareback bronc for a while, but I played rugby in college. I was invincible to I couldn't walk and I had to learn to walk with a walker again. Wow. And it made me realize that, okay, Fred's plan's not working out. Let's, I, I turned it over to God. And I said, God, if you get me through this, I'll do what you want. And if that means not be a lawyer, okay, I'll do something else. And I hope you help me pay my student loans back. Um, but he drifted me from litigation into what I do now, estate planning and elder law. And tell me why this is uh, so fulfilling for you. Um, I have to go about how it started. So when, when the transition happened, I'd gone back to work and I got a phone call from some attorneys. I was practicing law in El Paso at this time. And they said, we understand you don't want to do litigation anymore. Um, why don't you come do this with us? And I said, well, what is elder law? I don't even really know what it is. So I sat down with them and they talked about probate and how they help people when somebody passes away. 
and how guardianships, and they help people with dementia and Alzheimer's. And then they talked about the estate planning documents and the documents that they put in place so that people don't have problems when something happens in life. And I joke about it, but I, I, I know that a lot of the, your, your people watching this will know exactly what I mean. I, I went into husband mode. Husbands are very good at looking at their wives and not hearing a single word that they say. And as they were explaining to me these documents, my mind went back to the gurney and I heard the doctor ask my wife at the time, does he have a will? Does he have a power of attorney? Does he have a medical power of attorney? And I didn't, I had nothing. I had nothing in place. I'm 42 years of age. I'm a, an attorney and I have no documents in place. And people ask me that. They'll ask you, how could you not have? Well, I was 42 years of age. I was an attorney. I, I thought I had forever. Everybody, it's not gonna happen to me. And I think I'm smarter than everybody, so what do I need these? And at that moment, it hit me at how difficult I'd made my, my wife's life because I didn't have my documents. Mm. She couldn't pay the electric bill because the electric company was threatening to turn our electricity off at the time and the bill was in my name and she didn't have a power of attorney and the electric company wouldn't even talk to her to get our money. Wow. And I'm laying in the hospital full of tubes. She couldn't get my uh, uh, medical records to file for a disability policy that we had because I'd gone in under an emergency situation and not signed a HIPAA form when I went in. So the simplest things become absolute nightmares when something like that happens in your life and you're not prepared. And so I have a huge passion to teach people, please don't go through what I went through. Don't put your family through what I put my family through. It, it, it's devastating to see families go through things like this and not have their stuff in order so that they can properly take care of each other. Wow. You're very compelling. I mean, and I know you're working on a book and a speaking career. Tell yes. us about the name of the book. I, God touched my heart during my, my sickness and he put, he put it on my heart. I didn't make this up. This, he, I'm just not complied. I'm not quite finished. But I'm, gonna, I'm writing a book called Every Day is a Second Chance. Mm. And I'm going through right now, uh, uh, working on the part of the book of how many stories are in the Bible of where God gives people second chances. I mean, God gave Adam and Eve a second chance that even though they disobeyed and the disobedience meant death, he didn't give them death. He allowed them to live. Uh, God gave uh, Noah a, a second chance to carry on mankind. God gave Jonah a second chance after he had denied him. So, so there's story after story of how we, we have a God that is a God of second chances. And every day that we get up, we have a second chance to do something right, to do something good, to do mm. take something that benefits you and benefits mankind. Wow. Friends, you're such a great communicator. Uh, really, you really are. I mean, and uh, I don't know if you can tell, but uh, Fred, his eyes kind of uh, missed up when he talks about this. Um, I urge you all to follow him on social media, especially if uh, you don't have your affairs in order, because he gives away these great tips. Here's one of them. Hello, everyone. I'm Fred Heyman with the law firm of Heyman Hogue. We are a faith-based estate planning and elder law firm located in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And today I'm here to talk to you about who needs an estate plan. Now, to be honest, I don't like that term estate plan. I never have. And the reason is, is because when I hear people often tell me, well, do I really need an estate plan? Because I really don't have an estate. And people get confused with what this term estate really means. Uh, here at Heyman Hogue, we actually call it a family and money protection plan. Because more important than protecting an estate 
is protecting you, your family, and your assets from the things in life that we don't like to think about. There's the what's, what ifs in life and the inevitable in life. What if? What if I get injured? What if I'm in a car accident? What if I become sick? What if I become disabled or incapacitated? How will my family be able to take care of things? And the worst one we never want to think about, but every single one of us is going to see it at some point. What if I die? And then how will it affect my family? So everybody over the age of 18 should have some type of a plan in place. I have a daughter who is 21 in college right now. I did a plan for her the minute she turned 18. Why? Because I'm a parent and I love my child and my child turns 18 under the law. She's not a child anymore. She's now an adult. And so if she gets in a car accident and is taken to the hospital and I call as her parent and I say, I need some information on, on my daughter. They're not going to talk to me unless my daughter signed a HIPAA release form, unless my daughter maybe has a medical power of attorney in place. So I made sure that my daughter had all the documents in place she needed so that if anything happens in her life, dad and mom can still take care of her finances, can still take care of her healthcare decisions, can still take care of her just like we would before she turned 18. So as we grow and as we get married, as we buy houses, the, the plan changes. So not all plans are created equal. We want to make sure that we design a plan based on what you have. Because my lower income people, my low asset people that don't have a whole lot of assets don't have the same plan as a multimillionaire. So you need to consult with a professional estate planning and elder law attorney to get the best thing for you. If I, I hope this helped you. I hope this information gave you, I gave you today will help you make some decisions. But if we can help you or answer any questions in any way, please call Heyman Hogue at the number you'll see on the screen. Thank you for listening and God bless. I love it, friend. I think you have the heart of a teacher because a, a lot of uh, attorneys will say, call us and we'll, uh, we'll see if we can fit your, your needs. And you're giving away the gold. I mean, you're just giving away free advice. Uh, Tell us why you do that. Well, I, I have taught. I used to be an adjunct professor for many years when I lived out in El Paso. I, I taught at UTEP mm -hmm. and I taught at El Paso Community College. So I, I love doing that. And, and I have a kind of a different attitude. Um, we are a faith-based firm, as, as I said in the video. And my attitude is God's going to give us who we want. We need to reach out to people and God will have us, you know, provide us with what he wants to provide us with. But my job is to give back and my gift is teaching. And so we do a lot of public speaking. I do a lot of videos. We do a lot of webinars because that's exactly what I want to tell people what they need to do, do because if they don't have the education, they can't make smart decisions for their family. Sure. And um, every founding partner is only as good as, as his team. And I know you're very proud of your team. Yes. So we're going to go through some pictures. Okay. <laughs> what, what, what are we looking at here? Well, we, <laughs> we just recently had an event that I'll be honest, I didn't want to do. <laughs> I think it's called uh, uh, wine, uh, painting with a twist or something, painting with wine yeah. or something. Yeah. But our whole team got together, a place out in Grapevine and there, somebody stands in front and they have this picture and they walk you through and teach you how to paint those pictures. And so we spent a whole afternoon, we took a day off and we did that. Uh, we've done uh, top golf. We've done things like that just to, to keep our team going. What are we looking at here? We do a lot of, uh, of, of fairs, health fairs, mm -hmm. uh, vendor fairs. 
especially at places like the senior centers mm -hmm. and, and senior communities. I just recently did one out at Heritage Ranch. Uh, we've done one at Frisco Lakes up in Frisco. Uh, so we like to get out in front of the public and, and give them the information they need. And this last one? <laughs> this is my director of community services, Sheila Williamson, and she is our uh, the most amazing person. She is really into how do we tap into other nonprofits? How can we help nonprofits? I think this is one where we actually uh, uh, helped and our clients bring in a ton of things. Uh, we This one's a toy drive that we just did. Mm -hmm. uh, we've also done one for low-income elderly. And we've, uh, we, we've had, I mean, our, our clients are amazing. They'll bring microwave ovens and things like that so that we can take them to nursing homes for these people that don't have things. We do pajama drives, so we do wow. things like that. Tell us why giving back is so uh, important to your firm. Because my firm has a different mentality than most businesses. Our, 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 our tagline is faithfully serving God, our clients, and our community. And we believe that we are here on earth to serve others. Uh, and, and Christ modeled that. And our part of our core values is service above self. And how do we give back? And what do we do to do more than just us? It's not just all about us. Wow, you've been an amazing guest. We're out of time, but we're gonna end Thank with you. the website, which is heymanhoag.com, the, the great Fred Heyman. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it, Jim. That's it for now. We'll see you next time.